You're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable Wobby. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another episode of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshall, inside TCO Studios at the TCO Performance Center in Egan, joined as always by co host and producer. Chris Corso. What's up, Chrissy? This is the first week in a few weeks that we did not lead off with the Kirk Cousins nope. pregame speech. After a tough loss, we will reserve that and the rest of the sounds of the game for victories, for wins. victories only on That's the That's right. The Vikings lose to the New Orleans Saints on Sunday Night Football this past Sunday night, 30-20, to in what was uh, a pretty... Strange game, all things considered. We're going to get into the game a little bit and some of our takeaways and sort of explain away uh, what happened and how we think it happened. Um, but the Vikings come out on the short end of a 30-20 to 20 decision to the Saints, and now they have the Detroit Lions coming up next, uh, next week on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium before they go to their bye. So on today's show, we're going to get to some takeaways from the game, some notes, We'll take a look around the NFC North and give you a recap of what happened. Of course, we'll get to some fan mail. But the first thing we're going to get to is our guest for today's show, and that is Vikings defensive end Stephen Weatherly, who was around the facility the day after the Saints game. We caught up with him to talk about a couple of things, not just Vikings Saints and Vikings Lions, but also some video games. Here's our conversation with Stephen Weatherly, a gamer. All right, Stephen Weatherly joins us on the Wobcast today. Got a couple of things to talk to you about, Stephen. You ready for this? Yes. Well, it's your TCO Radio Studio debut, first of all, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, very honored to be here. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I can really tell. <laughs> this is a cool room. What do you yeah, think man. about the room? What do you think, what do you think about it in here? Uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, I've only been on a, in a radio studio once, and I was like back in middle school, hmm. um, but... Once again, I feel like this is just a testament to the fact that the Wolves spared no expense there for you any go. department. You're right about True. that, and yeah. certainly not with ours. So now the pressure's on us to create great content. So that's what we're trying to do right now with you. Most right? definitely. Um, okay, so you guys just did something pretty cool at TCO Performance Center. You went into TCO Studios and participated in a program called Pro versus GI Joe. So mm-hmm. tell the folks what you did. Uh, so a bunch of guys and myself uh, hopped on Fortnite and and uh, Call of Duty and Madden and just played with some guys. Uh, a couple of guys played with uh, one soldier that's stationed over in Saudi Arabia right now. Awesome. Uh, I played with a uh, wounded warrior mm-hmm. um, that's actually at home. I think he's in Wisconsin. Uh, we we ran some duos in Fortnite. Uh, uh, did pretty well. It's unreal. Uh, yeah, it was it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it turns out the way we both play Fortnite are pretty similar as support players to someone like a uh, David Morgan who plays Fortnite, who's very aggressive, mm-hmm. and it's the one that normally goes out and, and racks up all the kills. And we're normally there with the with the ammo right. and the meds because right. every good group needs yeah. a good medic. So for sure, uh, <laughs> that's for sure. That was all fun. Right, so I think I think the right lingo is. Um, when you talk to someone who play, do you play Fortnite, Chris? I do a little okay, bit. Okay, all right. Yeah. So I don't. Okay. Yeah, I so play I'm, on PS4. So my, I, my, I was a little mi- mixed right. up there with the Xbox. So I got excuses. Yeah. I got two, two things <laughs> I want to bring up about so about this. First of all, if you're talking to someone who's playing Fortnite, you say, "So where do you drop in?" Right? That's what yeah. you say. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So where'd you drop in? Uh, hit tilted just to get nice and uh, warmed up. Right. Uh, a lot of people tend to go tilted, but then it turns I haven't played since training camp, right? And uh-huh. so where. Where Tilted used to be the go-to, now it's Loot Lake. It was floating and broken into multiple pieces. So 
uh, my partner said, if you really want to get warmed up, you should go there. Dropped to to Loot Lake, and the whole lobby looked like was there. Uh-huh. It was a mad dash for the closest. Now, did, the closest did, did you see my neighborhood when you were, you said uh, Loon Lake? Right, that's I grew up <laughs> right by Loon Lake in Wasika. Nah, Loot. Oh, Loot Lake. Lake. Sorry, oh, that's... okay, not Loon Lake. Okay, nah, that got southern it. accent was coming out. No, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm just teasing. Okay, second thing. Here's my theory. <laughs> Here's my theory on gamers. Okay, which I used to be one. Um, and I was like, you know, I was a sports gamer, not I'm a sport. Yeah, okay. I played 2K. But now on these on these sophisticated games, now I think advantage to those who play on the computer, hands down, because you have access to more keys and mm-hmm. buttons at yep. one time, as opposed to combinations of buttons that you have to use on a controller. Mm-hmm. So oh, you agree with me on this? Most definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, when I play, I play with your standard Xbox controller. I don't even have a. Uh, Xbox Elite or one of those uh, pro gamer controllers. Yeah. But with an Xbox, I mean, with a with a PC, you can just rest your hands and then program the buttons where your fingers can normally reach. So it's all about comfort. And with comfort comes speed. With speed comes accuracy and overall, like, execution. Yeah. That's why all the big Twitch streamers, there's a reason they all play on PC. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. That's, that's the advantage. All right. So did you meet the director in there, the guy who's running the show? Yeah, yeah. Great guy. Was he a pretty cool guy? I think he goes around to a bunch of facilities and does this. That's a pretty cool program, you know? Yeah. A good way to connect athletes and, and those who are who are um, sacrificing for us, you know? Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, uh, he was just talking about other teams he's been to and and then just comparing it. And he said, we had one of the, one of the better turnouts, so I'm happy about Sweet. that. Uh, we had a, a handful of guys come in and uh, play some games for a cool. while. Cool. All right, man. Um, we got the Detroit Lions this week. So you guys come off a big, um, you know, a big game against the Saints that didn't go our way, and now you got another big game against the Lions. How's everyone doing in the locker room? Um, not, we're not down on ourselves. Good. Um, no one feels like we, we, we. We just got beat. Uh, more than anything, everyone's on the same page in regards to that. We, we played great football. It was a couple of plays here and there where we, we needed to not do that. Turnovers mm-hmm. was the name of the game. Um, but we feel like a lot of the mistakes we made were self-inflicted. Yeah, Those are the best kind because those are easiest to Get fix. That's them, right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. So we're going to attack those this upcoming week. Uh, Zim is going to give us a good game plan on defense. Uh, Flippo is going to do what he does on offense. and. Mm-hmm. Um, so all about execution moving forward. Yeah, is it kind of fun to like um, you come in on Wednesdays and it's like, all right, let's open this, let's open this game plan up and let's see what Zim's got going. Yeah, most definitely. Is it? Yeah. yeah no, I, I'm always excited when I get in this to see like um, how 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 do we plan to attack their uh, best parts of their offense. Yeah. yeah. And then um, you see it and it going going from concept to practice to execution and. And we come in and we shut down uh, a team. Like, the, for instance, the Lions are really big into the run this year. Yeah. Uh, so going in, we're going to make them one-dimensional and, and take away one aspect, and yeah. that's the run. Same thing we do with every team week in and week out. Um, and uh, just seeing how he plans on doing that is, is, is crazy. Um, just seeing all the pieces come together like that. I, you know, um, when you can do that, um, you, you can get a team that gets past predictable and make them – go on five and seven step drops you know because doing that at US Bank Stadium it becomes a house of horrors in our building when you got to be back there on seven steps you know what I mean hands down uh, yeah. we we got loud um, on on Sunday night and uh, it just it just helps the home field advantage um, I think I said it to someone earlier I am so fortunate that I get to use that 
U.S. Bank Stadium as yeah. a weapon for us. Yeah. Now I don't have to come to a yeah. place like that. For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, it makes it tough on the opposing offense. But we, uh, you got to win on first and second down so we can get that building loud on third down. Um, you know, you're you're doing a great you're doing a great job with increased reps. Do you feel good about it? Uh, yeah, good. Um, that's I, good. I'm trying to take advantage of every opportunity I have when I step on the field and uh, just really just do my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of the success just comes from. Me just putting my hand down, making my simple reads, and and, and reacting. Yeah. Um, and then just using the technique that Coach Dre and Coach Rob have been uh, giving to me and been been repping me through ever since I got yeah. here. Uh, one last thing before we go and get you out of here: um, defensive lineman batting down passes. I was is about that... to say the one play you've had a couple sacks, which has been great to yeah. see. But one play that really stood out was in the Jets game where you're like down the field and you just oh yeah you were covering a back covering right? like a yeah. running oh, back or a, a slot tight yeah. a tight end yeah. Oh, yeah was it a tight end yeah. yeah and you're like that like you don't normally see a defensive end out defending mm-hmm. a pass like that so that's something that you can do that not many people at the position can do can like just talk about how like you think to just drop like that and, and you obviously mm-hmm. caught up with the guy so that was pretty impressive yeah that's just one of the things that once again when coach zim comes in on wednesday and says hey this is what uh this is what we're going to do um, uh, we all looked at each other at the defensive end position. It was just like, all, all right, cool, because it yeah. wasn't a standard drop. Like, yeah. I had a man-to-man. Yeah. Wherever he went, I went. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, we're a lot of like zone dropping and stuff like that yeah. whenever we do that. Um, so we repped it. Um, uh, I think all of us at defensive end got at least two reps at it some way, somehow, throughout the, the yeah. week. Um, they came in. Uh, they weren't in a formation for us to run that particular play. We had to check to it. Uh, they motioned and then flipped it back, and we got into it. And, oh, wow. Uh, Barr gave me the, the signal that it was time for me to, to, to do that man-to-man drop. And then uh, uh, we took a step. I had to get my hands on him because just get your hands on him. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> you don't, want, you don't yep. want an athlete like that in, in space. Absolutely. And then, uh, we always practiced him going to the flat and you staying with him. And he turned up yep. the field. And I was yep. like, oh, no. So I just had to. You chased him down, though. Yeah, just had to use that speed and then mm-hmm. uh, play the hands. And uh, if it's one thing that uh, – I learned from watching the DBs do their thing is never look back for the ball. Just yeah. play through the hands. So I saw his hands go up, so I just started raking him yep. and uh, incomplete. So yeah. one of my more athletic plays. Now, Absolutely. how about Dre and Coach Rodriguez telling you guys, get your hand, if you can't get home to the quarterback, you get your hands up to bat those passes down. That's something that they teach you guys, right? They coach that. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you, you always want to work your, your second and third move because it's very rare that someone gets beat on their first move. Yeah. I mean, tackles get paid, too. There's a reason why they play in the NFL as well. So you want to work your first move, and that doesn't work. Get to your second and third helps with pressure. But when you feel like you've gotten to your third move and you're not quite there, then definitely get your hands up. Yeah. Uh, at that point, you see the quarterback. He's looking your way. He's about to release it. You know you're not going to get there. Throw your hands up. Yeah. Uh, those those do a lot. Helps deflate the offense a little bit. For sure. And it and if anything, they lose it down, so it goes to second and long and third and long. Especially with how long you guys are between you and Daniil, and I mean, you guys such long arms, yeah. you can patch just about anything down. W- one more thing I wanted to ask you about. I've been in some of your pregame huddles um, with Coach Patterson. Mm-hmm. What is what is that little boxing thing that he does? It's like a little. It's like a, a song or something. Tell the fans yeah. about that. It's, I just think it's so cool. It gets me. I'm like ready to like run through a wall after I hear that. So. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, it's, it's something that Coach Dre came up with uh, a while before, way before I got here. And it's a call and response. Uh, he says peanut butter, and then we say something back. Uh, it's very simple, but it gets everyone going. Yeah. It's uh, insane. It's awesome. Other guys on the, on the team want to come over and try to join it, but it's strictly defensive line. 
um, and only we know what to say whenever we hear the the the, the peanut butter phrase. And cool, so man. So this is something that we have. That's awesome. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. No, thank you for having me. You bet. All right, Chris. The folks listening watched the game or listened to the game, uh, so we don't have to uh, tell them everything that happened, but let's go over a couple of our takeaways from the performance. I'll let you go first. As you were driving home from the stadium on Sunday night, what was going through your mind? What was sort of the, the number one thing you, uh, you took away from the Vikings' loss? The biggest thing for me was I felt like the offense was clicking on all cylinders and um, the turnovers. When you turn the ball over, um, you could have taken – more than a touchdown lead on that drive where Adam Thielen goes and fumbles. Yep. Um, you can't blame Thielen and you can't blame Diggs for um, the Kirk Cousins interception later in the game where he stopped his route because those two guys are the guys that have carried the offense all year. So yep. Yep. Um, everyone makes mistakes, and uh, those were two turnovers yeah. where, I mean, it happens. It's football, like Coach Zimmer said in his press conference. But, um, yeah, when turnovers like that happen, a team that has uh, less – I think there was like 150 yards less in total offense for yeah. the Saints, and um, they managed to score 10 more points than us, 30-20 to 20 in the game. So um, turnovers will lose you football games, and I think that's what we saw. Yeah, turnovers definitely tipped the scale in this game. Um, that was absolutely one of my uh, five takeaways in the article I write after each game. Um, and, and I doubled down on it and said one of those turnovers was a true game-changer because – and the one that you – reference the Adam Thielen fumble because the Vikings have a 13 to 10 lead at that point with one minute and like 11 seconds to go in the second quarter yep. they're on the Saints 18 yard line looks like they're going to score a touchdown at worst they're going to kick a field goal go up 10 yeah you're going to go up 10 or maybe six into the locker room at halftime and you get to double dip because you get the ball to start the second half the Vikings did unfortunately Thielen fumbles Saints recover and not only recover but return it all the way down to our 33 tack on a 15-yard penalty against Laquan Treadwell, and a few moments later, the Saints are going in to score and take a lead into halftime. 14-point so, swing yeah, on that obviously place. a huge swing there. Yep. And you're right. Um, you know, Diggs sort of involved in the pick six that Cousins threw in the second half. Thielen drops that fumble and loses it in the, at the end of the first half, but you can't get too mad at those guys. I mean, the record, they, we have some news, uh, some, some game notes from the yeah. game, and these guys are setting crazy NFL records. Not just Vikings records, but NFL record, so it's tough to be mad at Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs. Yeah, they both go over 100 yards. They both have a touchdown. They were targeted together 17 times, and they caught 16 of the 17 targets, so you can't be too mad about them. Um, my big takeaway uh, from the game, aside from that, yeah. is our defense really bowing up against a high-octane, high-flying Saints offense which is orchestrated by Sean Payton, who is super creative and sophisticated and aggressive and fearless. And the trigger man is a Hall of Famer, a soon-to-be Hall of Famer, Drew Brees. Five years after he retires, he'll go into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot guy. And um, he had 120 yards passing in the game, the whole game. Don't even – that's what I'm talking about. Like, you don't even realize that. And I also want to touch on the fact that you called – that we were going to get an interception yeah, last week on the podcast, right. and, and that did happen. And we got one, the we first one. one of the season for that's him. The first one of the season for Drew Brees. So. You can't throw into Harry the Hitman's area. Yeah, Come I, on I, now. I, I give you credit there. That was cool. Shoot. That was cool. That's two games in a row with a pick for Harry the Hitman. Yep. Um, so I really liked how the defense played. You know, Barr and Rhodes did not play in this game, which meant rookie Holton Hill got the start and played pretty well. And then Eric Wilson and Ben Gideon both had increased reps at linebacker. So for the Vikings defense to perform as well as it did without 
two Pro Bowl caliber players, That's Barr right. and Rhodes, I thought was impressive and bodes well uh, down the road for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, all right, what do you got for game notes coming out of this one? Some cool game notes. I know it's a loss, 30-20, but, man, there were NFL records set just like there are every week for Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen set the team record for most receptions in the month of October. Adam Thielen set an NFL record for 100-plus yard games in receiving to start the season. First eight games that tied um, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, for, for being uh, going for 100 yards receiving in the first eight games of the season. Most Vikings fans know this stat, so kind of just zipping through that because Adam Thielen was not happy being asked about it in the post game because yeah, obviously he's, he's all about winning. Yeah, he's yeah. all about winning, man. Um, another cool stat: Holton Hill started at cornerback. Mike Zimmer said he definitely thought that the game was not too big for Holton Hill because he was an undrafted rookie cornerback this year, and he starts against Drew Brees, and I think he played pretty well. That's mm-hmm. the first cornerback to do that with the Vikings since Charles Gordon in 2006. So that's a pretty go- pretty cool stat. Last one I want to touch on. This is big. Kirk Cousins set a team record for the most passing yards through the first eight games to start any season for the Vikings. That's pretty impressive. Talking about kind of the midway point for this team. I know we're 4-3-1, and one, but there are some good things happening on the offensive side of the ball. Kirk Cousins over 2,500 yards that is the most ever in franchise history. More than 100 over the, the next place, Dante Culpepper, who had a little over 2,300 back in 2004. So, And that's a long time ago, almost 15 years. So what Kirk Cousins is doing is, is pretty special, Vikings fans, that's for sure. Yeah, it is, and now we just got to take care of the ball a little bit better on offense, and, um, and we'll, we'll start winning some games. Um, and, you know, it's... You kind of had this feeling after the Rams game, and you also had this feeling after the Saints game where it was like, you know, we might see this team again if we can get our act together and get into the playoffs. We might see this team again. And I didn't leave either game being like, oh, well, we can't beat that team. Yeah, I'm I like, agree. You know, if we if we can just tighten up one or two things, we're gonna win this game. A couple mistakes. All right? That's that's all it really is. And I mean, the Rams and Saints are fourteen and one combined. All right, and we lost to we lost to the Rams by seven on the road on a short week. Yep. And we lost to the Saints with one hand tied behind our back because of all the injuries. I mean, we didn't even talk about we're missing Riley Reef and Dalvin Cook and Tom Compton. On top of missing uh, Rhodes and Barr, we were also missing Anderson Dejo. So I mean, come on. We'll tighten some things up. We can we can beat those teams. Kirk Cousins uh, has his weekly podcast, which you've probably seen on Vikings.com when we were recording this morning, and he and he noted that as well, just the fact the offensive line is pretty banged up. You don't even realize the fact that Pat Elfline didn't practice all throughout training camp. Is He's out there now, but um, definitely hasn't had as much experience with Kirk Cousins, so, so they're getting on the same page. Riley Reef, the starting left tackle, the most important position in football, in my opinion, is not out on the field. You have Brian O'Neill playing, I mean, every single rep of the game. Um, Mike Remmers is really the only starter who's out there with Danny Isidora playing some some guard and um, some of the other reserves. So, um, and of course, Nick Easton had an injury earlier in the uh, in in the preseason. So, um, yeah. just remember that there's a lot of injuries going on. And I think once this team gets healthy, we got the bye week coming up. We can really uh, look to go on a run, and 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 this is the this is what I really want to ask you. Yeah. Um, looking at the NFC North, because we talked about those two teams who really, those are the teams you're chasing. But teams we're really looking at are the Bears, Packers, and Lions, right, of course. Right. And 
this division is pretty tight right now. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, now, th- this was, uh, what did we just have? We just had week eight, right? Yep. Okay, so going into week seven, last week the Bears were in first place. Yep. After week seven's games, the Bears were in last place. Yep. All right? So now going into week eight, the Bears were in last place. And they're in first place. Now we come out of week eight. They're in first place. All <laughs> yeah. right. Well, that's how this thing's going. So the Bears at four and three in first place. Uh, Vikings four three and one. Packers three three and one. Lions three and four. The Bears beat the Jets this weekend at Lambeau Field. The Vikings lost to New Orleans. The Packers lost in Los Angeles yep. to the Rams. And the Lions dropped a home game to the Seahawks. So we're going to get a nasty, angry Detroit Lions team coming into U.S. Bank Stadium next weekend. And guess where the Detroit Lions have never lost. U.S. Bank Stadium. They've, they've never lost at U.S. Bank Stadium, and the Detroit Lions are Chris Corso's nemesis, folks. I really, I've, I've said it since I've been here. Everyone, as grown up a Vikings fan, is like, we we don't like the Packers. We don't like the Packers. Since I've been here, it's been the Lions that yeah. I, that I just really don't like, mm-hmm. and uh, they're the only team who's won multiple games at U.S. Bank Stadium, and. I don't know. I just I think that offense has the ability to do a lot of things when Matt Stafford's playing well. Uh, they definitely do, and now they're running the ball a lot better, too. So all week when we're getting ready for the Detroit Lions and folks who are listening and watch all of our stuff on Vikings.com, you're going to hear lots of talk about this Lions running game. Now, we're not going to lose sight of the fact that they have Matthew Stafford, who's, who is their best player. Yep. Um, but they, they are running the ball a lot better. They've invested in their offensive line. Taylor Decker is a first-rounder at left tackle out of Ohio State. They drafted Frank Ragnow in the first round this past year. I like their center a lot, Glasgow. I think he's pretty good. TJ Lang is their right uh, right guard. Got him from the Packers. He's a Michigan native. So they've invested in their offensive line, and they drafted Kerryon Johnson, who's a really good running back. I think he's got two or three 100-yard games this season. And, in fact, for those of you who love the analysis that Pete Bursich provides – the Vikings Entertainment Network via the film room. If you like that deep dive on X's and O's stuff, the plays I have selected for Pete this week, at least some of them anyway, revolve around the Lions running game and how they're doing it with the interior of their offensive line with Glasgow, Ragnow, and Lang. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We'll show you how the Lions are getting the job done on the ground. And if the Lions are mo- are moving the ball on the ground, it makes Stafford even more lethal. If the yep. Lions are not moving the ball on the ground, as we talked about with Stephen Weatherly earlier in the show, yep. you put Stafford on a seven-step drop at U.S. Bank Stadium on third and long advantage Vikings. Absolutely. All right. um, Let's take a look quickly around the rest of the NFL. The Browns fired their head coach and their offensive coordinator. That's right. um, Never like to see guys lose their jobs. Hugh Jackson uh, loses his with the Cleveland Browns. Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator, takes over as the interim head coach. Um, the uh, We already went over the, the rest of the NFC North. Des Bryant still does not have a job. And uh, that I. We bring it up every week and I, we will continue. No one wants Des Bryant. Where the heck's my man Des? I mean, it's it's crazy. It really is crazy. Yeah, I think we're the, the only X. podcast that brings that, brings that up. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Um, so, Detroit Lions preview. Watch out for their running game. Stop the run. Make Stafford drop seven steps on third long at U.S. Bank Stadium, and you can get to a victory. Now, the Lions have one of my favorite defensive players that has been in the league in, in the last Who's that? five, six, oh, seven Oh, I years. know who it is. Who is it's it? the corner. Darius Slay? Yeah, is nope. it Slay or... I mean, I like him. He's good. Quinn. Glover Quinn? Yeah, Glover yeah. Quinn. Glover Love Quinn. Love yep. that guy's yep. game. Man, he's good. So um, I don't like it when he plays well against us. Yep. But I like I like it when, you know, I like watching him. I, I love the way he plays the game. So uh, the Lions got a lot of good players. They're coming into U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. All right. 
fan mail. Fan mail. Let's do it. The first one is from David Henry in Rochester, Minnesota. It seems that the Vikings didn't target Adam Thielen in the second half until late in the fourth quarter. Was that due to coverage, or was it because of his fumble late in the first half, Lobby? Not because of the fumble. It was because of coverage. But here's the good thing about the yin and yang of Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Thielen, I believe, had four catches and four targets, maybe. Um, actually, I think he had six or I think he had uh, five or six of his catches in the first half. He only had two catches in the second half. Yeah. But Diggs end. went off in the second half, so all the coverage goes to Thielen, and then Stephon Diggs goes off in the second half. So yeah. that's what I love about that dynamic with Diggs and Thielen. You can't. It's really hard to take away both of them. So it was not because of the drop. It was because Cousins throws the ball where the coverage dictates, and in the second and half, um, the coverage was dictating Stephon Diggs gets the ball, and Stephon Diggs capitalized. The next one from DeSoto, Iowa, Sterling Wheeler. What about clock management when there was about nine minutes left in the game in the fourth quarter? The Vikings did not seem to have any sense of urgency, but when we scored that last touchdown, there was some urgency. Why couldn't they do that at the nine-minute mark hmm. as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, look, the, the game was left-handed at that point. The Vikings were down three scores. The Lions are playing a soft defense where they, they make you drive down. I get it. You know, there was some huddling up, and the play clock was running down, and, and people were antsy to get more scores. At the same time, when you're down three scores and it's the fourth quarter, and it's, it's the middle of the fourth quarter, you're only going to have three or four more possessions. So every possession has to count. So you can't totally rush your way through every single possession you still got to be careful so I think you got to find that that right medium between rushing too much but taking too much time and that's something the team constantly works on in practice and you can be sure they'll work on it this week again yeah and it definitely looked like the Saints were in some sort of prevent kind of defense cover four or whatever where they had all the Mm -hmm. safeties back so they they want you to throw in front of them they want you to drain the clock and that's that's kind of what the Vikings played into a little bit there The, the the next one is from Crotchety old man Doug Steele. Yeah, that's what he put in there. That's that's pretty funny. I've got to admit, I'd I'd like to see a little less attention paid to the group touchdown celebrations and a little more focus on preventing game changing <laughs> mistakes. That's you know what. That's that is an old old man. That's type. a crotchety old yeah. man take right <laughs> That's there. Exactly. But I mean, everyone loves the touchdown dances yeah. when we're winning, and right. I don't know. But point taken, Doug. I, yeah. I feel you on that. But yep. but to Chris's point. These guys, um, you know, you don't want to take away what drives them and what helps make them great. So if the touchdown celebrations get them going, um, as long as it doesn't go over the top, they can they can do a touchdown celebration even when we're losing. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to get upset growing up watching the Jets. Antonio Holmes was a big get a first down, down 20 points, and do the big point forward yeah. like he like just broke an NFL record or something. And that would anger me as a fan growing up, but... Now that they lose, Santonio Holmes was a big, a big one doing that. Yeah. Not to put him down at all. He's a great wide receiver, of course. But well, he had one of the one of the best catches of, in, of all time in NFL history in the Super Not Bowl. Not with the Jets, of course. No, with the Steelers. No. <laughs> Why would it be with the Jets? <laughs> no. Right. Why would it be with the Jets? Uh, all, right. all right. One more. Last one is from Freeport, New York, which is actually my mom's hometown. Oh. I love that. Awesome. I love hearing that from Joe Tyler. I truly believe that the Vikings outplayed the Saints in every aspect of the game. We need to stop the self-inflicted negative plays, and we can beat anyone. P.S. Welcome back, Everson. We love you, and keep getting better. Love it, Joe. Amen, Joe. Now, 
I wonder if Joe like listens and writes in because he knows you or your mom or your family or something. I, I got I got to look up Joe Tyler. Got to ask sure. your mom Freeport, about New York. Good ask seafood your mom there. About Joe T. Is there really? Yeah, really good seafood. It's Where really, is it's, it in New York? It's right on the uh, South Shore of Long Island, New York, and yeah, for for all the fans listening, if you want a mm. nice lobster, go where out do, there. Where do you go? There's a there's a ton of places out there. It's called the Nautical Mile. All right, and it's just a bunch of restaurants. There's a place called Brocco's Seafood that has really good seafood, really right. good lobster, clams on the half shell. I there don't know. we go. It's not a big. Uh, oh, I love that man. Not, not a big Minnesota food, but no, yeah, no, it's I'm good getting out there. I'm getting some oysters, oysters on the half shell yeah, yeah. when I'm out in Seattle later in December. Absolutely, that's those are West Coast. There. Yep, that's right. I mean, and now now people who are oyster connoisseurs they yep. they can tell you if this was from the Atlant North Atlantic or if this was from the Pacific by the taste of the oysters I can't do that my girlfriend can do that she grew up in uh, Cape Cod Massachusetts and that's big oyster capital yeah. so yeah, yeah we'll, we'll stop talking about seafood now okay fine <laughs> um, all right this wobcast is over our thanks to Stephen Weatherly for joining us and our thanks to you all for listening you've listened all the way to the end of this podcast which is super impressive and it means you're dedicated and we appreciate you and we're going to uh, we're going to pay you off with a free edition of the Wobcast next week. We're not going to charge you. There you go. I like that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On behalf of co-host and producer Chris Corso, this is Wobby signing off from the Wobcast for now. Stay tuned to Vikings.com all week as we get you ready for this Sunday's game against the Detroit Lions. Sunday, U.S. Bank Stadium at noon is the kickoff. Vikings and Lions hear the game on the Vikings radio network where voice of the Vikings Paul Allen will have the call from the Vox Box at U.S. Bank Stadium with Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Ben Lieber. See you in the